0: Well, good morning, Grace Church. This is an amazing thing to see you all here. It was nine weeks ago today, and I was looking back over notes and what we talked about then. I remember saying to you that that, that might have been our last Friday here at the Weston. We didn't know what God had in store for us, but we knew that whatever he had in store was going to be good, but that we weren't sure if we would ever be here again, but here we are here again. And so here's what we want to have happen during the rest of our time, I, I want to just share with you the, the story of you know what's taken place over these last nine weeks. All for the sake of magnifying the goodness of God in letting us return. So that we can have a rich time thanking Him and especially moving into worshiping Him. Uh, and what He's done through His Son on the cross with communion together at the end. But I do want to thank a number of you who've been very, very actively involved these last nine weeks. I want to thank those who've led... Uh, who've hosted the home group Friday morning locations. I want to thank Justin and Misty Stone, Officers Club area. I want to thank Earl and Lynn. Earl was just up here, Shockfoot City. I want to thank Nigel and Kristen Arara, Mohammed bin Zayed, and also want to thank Christine and Nash Brijlal, who are also in the Mohammed bin Zayed area. So big thanks to those of you who hosted on these Friday mornings, absolutely. (laughs) And I also want to thank Tim Hogan, who edited the videos and drove memory sticks around late Thursday night, early Friday morning to get all the videos situated for the teaching for James. So, absolutely. And um, I was thinking that, you know, Pastor Joseph was going to try to be here today. I don't see him. You're not here, Pastor Joseph, are you? Okay. But... Um, if you have, if you bump into him, or it, I mean, we'll, we'll get, he'll be here one of these Fridays. But I want to mention him because he he knew the number two man at the Islamic Authority personally, and the moment that he heard about our difficulty, he immediately said, "I want to help." And so he went to the Islamic Authority, met with them, shared our situation, and told the whole story, and then learned from them what we needed to do. Came back, helped me draft a letter translated the letter into Arabic, um, and then went and personally delivered the letter back to them. Uh, he's put up with my regular phone calls. How's it going? What's happening? What's what's happening? How's it going? And uh, was very patiently responding to me, and so really grateful for how the Lord has blessed us through this man, Pastor Joseph. He pastors the Arabic church, which meets up at the Evangelical Church Center on Island, and uh, deeply, deeply grateful for him. Now, there's There's two reasons that I want to recap what's happened in in terms of God bringing us back here. There's there's two two main reasons I want to focus on this this morning. Next week, we'll, we'll be heading back into James. But as I thought and prayed and kind of talked, let's focus on what God's done here. And there's two reasons for that. One is, for those of you who are trusting Jesus Christ, I think God has taught all of us crucial truths through these weeks about trials and about what he's doing when we're facing trials, and about what he wants to do in us as we're going through trials. And so I want to recap what's happened so that those truths that we've learned will be sunken even more deeply into our hearts. Because I'm praying that the next time you face a trial in your life, and you know you will, right? Followers of Jesus go through trials. He never promised that we'd be free from trials. Quite the contrary. Read the Gospels. They're quite sobering, what he said could, would, would happen. So my prayer is that the next time you face a trial, you will have a rock-solid doctrinal theological backbone. Is that a weird metaphor to use? Anyway, that, that you will know what God's doing in trials, that you'll be able to trust him, that you'll be able to persevere with peace. There may be tears, there may be sorrow, nothing wrong with that, but that you'll be able to persevere through the trial confident in who God is, what he's doing, and how he loves you even through the trial you're going through. That's one reason. I want to get, get those truths even more deeply into our hearts. And then a second reason is for those of you who are here this morning who aren't yet trusting Jesus Christ. We are so glad you're here. We're honored that you'd come. Thank you for visiting us. And I'm praying that as, we, as I share the story of what God's done, you will see who Jesus Christ is more clearly and that you'll, you'll, you'll want to know him. You'll want to be forgiven through what he did on the cross. You'll want to have his heart-changing power come into your life. You'll want to have your heart filled with his love. I'm praying that you will see something of Jesus Christ this morning. So you'll say, I want to know Jesus Christ as my Lord and my Savior and my treasure. So those are the things I'm praying God will do. So let's pray and ask God to come and work. Lord, come now, I pray, as we reflect on what's happened these last weeks, as we look at your word, as we thank you for what you've done, I pray that you would do a powerful work in each of our hearts. Lord, we each need a fresh touch from you through the truth of your word. And so would you do that this morning now, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, so here's what's happened. I'm going to give the whole background. Some of you maybe are brand new, so, so you'll know what's, what's going on. This church was planted... By two churches, the Evangelical Community Church on island and the Evangelical Community Church off island. And they joined forces to plant this third church down here in the Mohammed bin Zayed Musafa area. Now, there's a building being built in Musafa that we're going to be able to rent, just like it'll be just like the building um, on island. Except, anybody been to the UCCD building in Dubai? It'll be exactly like the same floor plan as that building. So, we'll be renting there once that building is complete. It was supposed to be completed last fall and then last Christmas. And now it's probably late this year. Mm, We'll see. You know how things go. And so we got started last summer, started two home groups, just learning how to love each other, learning how to encourage each other and trust in Christ. And God worked so powerfully in those groups. Unity was given. Growth took place. New people were coming in. It just felt like we need to start meeting on Friday mornings. We're ready. We're ready to become a church. And so Last December 18th, we had our first Friday morning here at the Weston. and we had eight powerful Friday mornings here, and then we got word that the Islamic Authority um, wanted us to get official approval. Now, let me, let me explain why they want that and, and why that is such a good thing, that they want that. Um, we are deeply grateful that the leaders of this country are committed to religious liberty, and part of that is that they want to make sure that there's no one here in this country teaching extremist views. And so every religious group has to get permission to meet on a regular basis Christian, Muslim, Buddhist, Hindu. Every religious group has to get approval. So they, they, they want to know who's the speaker going to be, tell us something about him, what is he going to say. And so we're grateful for that, aren't we? It's a good thing. We're grateful for the, the peace in this country, for the the uh, again the, the focus on tolerance of different viewpoints and of religious freedom so we're grateful that they have that approach and so we weren't grateful to have to stop meeting here but we knew that there was a good purpose for it and we knew that ultimately god was in control so we we had one friday over at the al ghazal golf club remember that okay it was a wild friday morning <laughs> And then um, we were excited about having a new place to meet. And then middle of the week, the owner of that place drove by and said, is there any churches meeting here? Yes. We'll tell them they can't meet here anymore. So that stopped that. And so then we started meeting Friday mornings in our three home group locations. And God has done a beautiful work in these Friday mornings. I want to thank you for hanging in with us, heading over to the Al-Ghazal Golf Club. Oh, no no more of that. Okay. Heading into home group locations. God was working in those home group locations in powerful ways. New people have come almost every week. Sweet, rich fellowship, deepening of relationships. But there was a, there was a sense of we're missing each other. We're not all together. We, 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 we're so glad for home groups. We are passionately committed to home groups here at Grace Church. But there's something powerful about worshiping with the, all the home groups together. And so God was working, but we were, we were missing not meeting with each other. And so we waited week after week after week after week after week. And, and God sustained us through this season. And I want to share with you some of the scriptures that, that, God, that I shared nine weeks ago and that God has used to sustain me and from what I've heard many of you. And the first one is Ephesians chapter 1 verse 11. This is one of my rock solid foundation verses for trials and everything else. Here's what Paul writes. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 11 In him in Christ we've obtained an inheritance through Jesus death on the cross we are heirs we're going to receive the inheritance and that inheritance is an eternity of heart-filling joy beholding God in his glory in Jesus Christ face to face with all the redeemed from every nation tongue and tribe worshiping him that's our inheritance so in him in Christ we've obtained an inheritance having been predestined According to the purpose of, I get this next phrase, him who works all things according to the counsel of his will. God works all things according to the counsel of his will. Now, if if he works all things according to the counsel of his will, and if we have to leave the Weston, was that according to the counsel of God's will then? Yes. All things. I looked up the word all, you know, in the Greek means all, all right? Just like the translator said. So God works all things after the counsel of his will. Now, there's lots of other factors. There's people making decisions. There's human forces. There may be spiritual forces at work in this too. But we know that ultimately, God is in sovereign control over everything. Nothing takes place apart from his wise and loving permission. And so that's like the foundation that has sustained me through these weeks. God, you are in complete control of this. Ultimately, this is about you and we're relying on you, we're trusting you, we're looking to you. I hope that you will learn this verse and let it deeply impact your heart when you face the next trials in your life. Next scripture, Proverbs 21.1. I shared this nine weeks ago. Proverbs 21.1, the king's heart is a stream of water in the hand of the Lord. He, the Lord, turns it, the king's heart, wherever he will. Okay, so God is in complete control of what the Islamic authority does. God's in complete control over everything that everybody does. There's a mystery about how that works. We're not robots. We make real authentic decisions, but God's in ultimate control of everything. The Bible teaches both truths. So he was in sovereign control, including whether or not we got to return here or whether we never could return here again. Now, that means, again, we're dealing with God here. God's the one who's in control. And I hope that whenever you face trials, you can immediately think, God, ultimately, this is you. This is you. And there may be people involved, people doing things we don't like, but ultimately, God, this is you. Help me to trust you. And Psalm 3115 was helpful. Where the author says, my times are in your hand. Rescue me from the hand of my enemies and from my persecutors. But just focus on those first six words. My times are in your hand. Hands. So often we get flustered and frustrated about time delays and difficulties, but we need to understand God's hands are all over the timing of our lives. So if you're going to a government office and they say, "Oh, oh, you need to get this stamped," by you know, up at the Marina Mall or something, and so you drive forty minutes up there, and they say, "Well, no, this isn't us. You need to go back to Masafa to get this stamped." And you know how those days go? Okay, my times are in God's hands. It's not a good thing that that happens. But it's a God thing, and we can trust Him for the delays. And so every day that the approval did not come in, every week longer that I didn't want it to go another week longer, I didn't want it to go one day longer, but, but every day, every week was a gift from God of more reliance on Him, deeper dependence upon Him, sweet communion with Him in prayer, growing closer together, supporting each other, encouraging each other, loving each other, our times are in God's hands. Oh, church, grace church, let's learn that. That is so crucial. So Psalm 31, 15. And then because this is all part of God's plan, we knew that it was good. Jeremiah 29, 11. It's a good plan. God says, I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans for welfare, not for evil, to give you a future and a hope. And so we knew, this is part of God's plan, so, so God wanted us, lovingly planned for us to have nine weeks not meeting here all together at the West End. This is part of God's plan. So it was hard, but we could trust Him. We trust You, Lord. And so I, there's all kinds of ways that He was working in our hearts through this season. I mean, every day of delay was a gift from God, and and what I kept hearing from you and what I kept trying to we were just encouraging each other with this truth, and that is God's using this season to shape us individually to what he wants us to be and to mold us as a church for what he wants us to be. It's like we're clay and he's the potter. And this nine weeks, he was doing some special molding, some special shaping during the season. Well, let me share some of the ways. I'll share one way that the Lord um, touched me these last nine weeks. This is just this last week, actually. And this last Thursday, we heard that we would have it all taken care of. Oh, Pastor Joseph is here. Could you stand, Pastor Joseph? Here's Pastor Joseph, I was telling you about. Woo! Yes. Thank you so much for coming this morning. And I. I I told them earlier about what you're, you're my hero and, uh, and how you have served us selflessly, given hours of your time. you're a very, very busy man with not only involved in pastoring the Arabic Church but also lots of other responsibilities and I didn't mention this earlier, but I've loved Pastor Joseph's love for this country and the burden that he has to see Christ glorified in this country. and oh, I just I want to hang around him and uh, learn from him. but uh, so I, sh- I shared with him earlier how you've helped us so much, and so let- let's thank him one more time. Yes. Amen. Amen. So uh, last, last week ago yesterday, we heard that we would have it all taken care of on Sunday morning, and then Sunday they said Monday for sure, and then Monday for sure they said Tuesday, no doubt. And, <laughs> and uh, so Tuesday afternoon, I was just kind of getting tired of, of this. Pastor Joseph was very patient with all of my calling, and I was sitting at my desk, and um, my, my mind was distracted, and I just, I, I, I knew, though, that another day of delay was a gift from God, and I knew that part of this was I could, I could have more time to really earnestly pray about this, and, and so I started to pray through Psalm 63, O oh God, you are my God earnestly I seek you, because I was feeling distracted, I was feeling uh, frustrated, I was t- feeling discouraged. Psalm 63, oh God, you are my God, earnestly I seek you. My soul thirsts for you, my flesh faints for you as in a dry and weary land where there is no water. And as I started to pray through that, the Lord met me, and, and I saw, like maybe I've never seen so clearly before, that, that here I am in this little villa in Mohammed bin Zayed in Abu Dhabi and I'm, I'm praying and I'm feeling tired and distracted and discouraged and yet God's meeting me here. And that, and that this, this opportunity, which we all can have at any time of, of opening up the word and of coming before the Lord, this is the most meaningful, purposeful, satisfying, joy-giving endeavor that we can do. This beats the best vacation you could ever take. This beats the most wonderful meal at the most expensive restaurant you could ever go to. This beats the most enthralling entertainment you could ever experience. I just thought, here I am, and I'm, I'm meeting the living God. You're here. I'm meeting you. And, and I don't know if I would have had that happen had there not been another day of delay where I'm like, oh, Lord, help us. And and I'm coming to him kind of a little bit complaining and a little bit and then opened up the word and he softens my heart. And so the Lord taught me something, I think it was Tuesday afternoon, about the privilege that we have of knowing him and of meeting with him. And um, that, that really relationship with God and the simplicity of your home, at your desk, with your Bible open, there's nothing that compares to the depth, meaning, joy reality that's what we're made for and we can do that at any time and what a gift from God that was for me and so I I'm grateful because again I know this has been nine weeks of the Lord the potter taking us individually as clay taking us as a church as clay and lovingly wisely molding us shaping us hasn't been easy but look at what he's done. And I know there's dozens of other reports of people that have, have, could have shared. And so God has, has blessed us, church. He's blessed us. Now, God then worked. And uh, when was it? Wednesday morning, Joseph, we came over here. Joseph was here with me. We were here for a couple of hours. Got all taken care of, got the official approval. And so I wanted to share Exodus fifteen eleven. Because after that happened, after we got the final approval, I opened up and in Exodus 15 is a song that Israel sings of thanks to God after he delivered them from Egypt and had them cross the Red Sea. And they praise with Exodus 15. And my favorite verse in Exodus 15 is this, who is like you among the gods, O Lord, who is like you, majestic in holiness, awesome in praises, working wonders. I don't want to overstate this in terms of the, the, the magnitude of what God has done here. But this doesn't happen very often in this country. Uh, in Abu Dhabi, for a church to be given approval to meet in a hotel is, is unusual. And, um, and I want you to feel that this morning. God has done a beautiful work for us, Grace Church. It could have very easily not happened. God worked. Who is like you among the gods, O oh Lord? There's no one like God who is like you, majestic in holiness. I mean, just your being, who you are, besides what you do, your love, your purity, your righteousness, your power, your sovereignty, your goodness, you are awesome, majestic in holiness, awesome in praises. We start to pray you, praise you, we see more of his awesomeness displayed. So, majestic in holiness, awesome in praises, and working wonders, working miracles like he's done here. So, we've seen God work a wonder for us, Grace Church, and so I want to lead us together in in just a prayer of thanking God for what he's done. So let's all stand and take the hand of somebody near you, because I want us to feel like together we now, Grace Church, are going to come before God and say thank you. So I'll lead us. Let's pray together. Father, we want to join together right now as Grace Church. Here we are in this room, and we want to say thank you. Just go ahead and say it. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for opening the door for us to return to the Weston. We've seen you work in so many ways during these uh, weeks. You've met us in our home group locations Friday mornings. You've sustained us with your promises when we've been discouraged or bitter. Lord, you've met us. You've shown us who you are. You've strengthened our faith. You've sustained us. You've taught us to depend upon you. And we knew we couldn't do anything to change this. We just had to depend upon you, Lord. What a sweet position for us to be in just depending upon you. Thank you for teaching us that. You've you've brought new people to us during this week's Wonderful new people. Thank you for that. You've taken us deeper with you in prayer. Taught us more about prayer during this time. You've taught us about how you are in complete control of everything. You've taught us that we can trust you for disappointments. We can trust you with trials. We can trust you when things don't go the way we wanted them to go. And now you've opened up the door for us to return to be here officially, government approval for us to meet here at the Westin. And we thank you, Lord. That's an amazing thing. Again, Father, thank you for Pastor Joseph. What a servant giving so sacrificially of his time because he loves you. He loves your glory. He wants to see your name made great in this country. Thank you, Father, for helping us through him. Thank you, Father, for the leaders of this country who are committed to religious freedom. What an amazing thing you've done. We thank you. We pray you'd bless them in every way. Continue to bless this country, Lord, with peace, with safety, with unity, with prosperity, with harmony. Lord, bless this country. Continue to give the leaders great wisdom, we pray. Thank you, Father, for touching the hearts of those in the Islamic authority so that they would approve of our request. Thank you for their graciousness. Thank you for your work to bring all of that about. We want to thank you that because of Jesus' death on the cross, you can pour out beautiful gifts like this upon undeserving, unworthy people like us. And so we praise you. You've done an amazing work, Father. And we praise you, we thank you, and we glorify you. In Jesus' name, and all God's people said, amen. 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 All right. Take a seat. So now, we're back at the Westin. Now what? Okay, where do we go from here? Let me tell you. The foundation of of your Christian life and of Grace Church is each of us learning how to live by faith in Jesus Christ. Don't assume that because you're a Christian, you know how to live by faith. We're all growing in this. We all have more to learn in this. And so let me encourage you to work on that. Now, there's some resources on our website. If you go to the top menu where it says God's grace and then growing in grace, you will see some resources to help you grow in living by faith, learning God's promises. Living by faith, faith means trusting all that God promises to be to us in Christ Jesus. So to have faith, we've got to know God's promises. Every temptation is a temptation ultimately to not trust one of God's promises. Every time I sin, it's because I wasn't trusting one of God's promises. Every time I don't obey God is because I'm not trusting one of God's promises. It all comes back to trusting all that God promises to be to us in Christ Jesus. So learn God's promises. Trust God's promises. Pray over God's promises. That's the foundation of the whole thing. Your own individual Christian life and our life as a church. So start there. Then a way to pursue that, a way to get stronger in that, is to get a rhythm in your life of of time in God's word every day. Grace Church, please pursue this. For your soul's sake, pursue this. For the sake of of our strength as a church, pursue this. We as a church need you to be feeding on God's word regularly, meeting God in the truth of his word regularly. And we've got some resources on our website to help you grow in that. If you're not doing that at all, start with five minutes. You'll get hooked. Five will grow into 10. 10 will grow into 15. You'll be in trouble, okay? You'll need to adjust your schedule. But get a rhythm in your life of meeting the Lord in the truth of his word. Your life will be changed. And getting time daily, regularly, where you're praying. Not just on the way to work. Not while you're waiting in line somewhere, but where you put everything else aside. And it's you and the word and you're praying. And you're meeting your creator through Jesus Christ. Having holy communion, fellowship with him. All Grace Church, let's do that. That will be a rock-solid, unshakable foundation for your life and for what God wants to do in this country through this church. Great things, we hope, but we need that foundation in place. Now, as we trust Jesus Christ, as we grow in faith, he will pour his love into our hearts so we can love each other. So, husbands, love your wife. Love your wife. Grace Church is passionately committed to strong marriages. So husbands, love and serve your wife. Treasure your wife. Tell her you love her. Thank her for what she does. Lead her well. Serve her well. Husbands, love your wife. Wives, love your husband. Thank him. Speak appreciatively to him. Honor him. Follow his lead. Encourage him. Thank God for him. Nurture communication with him. Oh, let's, let's build our marriages. And then parents, love your children. Right? We want to build strong parenting, strong families here at Grace Church. So play with your kids. Hug your kids, enjoy your kids, devote time to your kids, talk to your kids, ask them what's going on, how they're doing, how they're feeling, teach your kids about Jesus, share with them when you're doing well with Jesus, share with them when you're not doing so well with Jesus, pray with your kids, discipline your kids, and then hug and love your kids when you discipline your kids, okay? Kids, love your parents, thank your parents, go out of the way to do things for your parents that they haven't even asked you to do. Obey your parents, okay? I'm I'm a parent, but I was a kid once, all right? Obey your parents. And then with your brothers and sisters, let's love brothers and sisters in the body of Christ. We want to be a church where when somebody walks in, they will be drawn into a sweet community of believers who love each other and care for each other. Now, the way we've structured Grace Church to do that is in our home groups, smaller groupings. And so do all you can to be part of a home group. Even if you can't come regularly because of travel, busyness, whatever, tell the home group leader, you're my group. I'll come when I can. Pray for me. If I have an urgent need, I'll be calling you. Do that. We want everyone to be connected in with a home group. And then do all you can to be there. Because in our home groups, we love each other. We bear each other's burdens. We grow in trusting Jesus together. We share God's promises together. We study God's word together. We, we pray together. We're also working on learning how to share our testimonies of who Jesus Christ is, what he's done in saving us. We work on 90-second testimonies so that we can share our testimonies with lost people. And then we work together on like having events, how we can reach out with, to lost people with the gospel. So we, we work on that in our home groups because that's what we're here in this country for. That's why you're on planet Earth still is because there's lost people that God wants to save through you. And so we want to get equipped in strengthening each other in our home groups, so we can do that. So as a home group and in individually, invite people to come to the home group. Invite people to come here on Friday mornings. So that's where we're going. Growing and living by faith in Jesus Christ. Strengthening our marriages. Strengthening our families. Strengthening our home group love for each other. Reaching out to lost people together. There's lots of other things we're planning on doing, but that is the rock-solid, unchanging foundation of this church. So we're back here at the Weston. Now what? That's what. Let's trust Jesus Christ. Let's grow strong in our marriages and parenting and families. Let's grow strong in our home group community, loving and encouraging each other. And let's reach out to lost people together so that they'll be saved and so that Jesus Christ will be glorified. Now, I want us to move into celebrating communion together. So let's have the worship team come on up. And Sim, you can come on up and prepare the communion. (laughs) Let me tell you why communion is so fitting on this Friday morning when we are thanking God for allowing us to return here to the Westin. It's Because I want to make sure that in my heart, I don't think this, and I want to make sure that in none of our hearts do we think that the reason we're back is because we are so special or because in some way we are worthy of this or that we in some way deserve this. Because we don't. That might sound strong, but let me explain why. It's the truth. It's what the Bible says. It's because all of us, we're all sinners. Saved sinners, I trust most all of us. Justified sinners, loved sinners, adopted sinners, reconciled, redeemed sinners. But sinners, by nature, by choice. It's not just that, yeah, I probably sinned once, maybe last week. No, 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 no. You don't understand sin. Um, Before we were saved, we had no interest in God. We were his enemies. We maybe looked good on the outside. We were maybe honest in business dealings, but we were not interested in God. And so nothing we did was good. We sinned against God. And and because we sinned against God, even though he loves us, even though he's patient, slow to anger, he is just and he must punish sin. And so all of us have faced God's judgment. This is the gospel. This is the foundation of everything. So we've all faced God's judgment. But... God being rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, as Paul says in Ephesians, saved us. See, yes, we've sinned against him. Yes, we deserve eternal punishment from God, but God loves us in in costly ways. Fathers, think about sending your son to the cross fathers. Think about that. The father delivered his son up for you and for me. He loved us in a heartbreakingly costly way. Jesus loved us in a heartbreakingly costly way. He walked to Jerusalem knowing full well what awaited him. He knew the cross was there. He knew the scourging was there. He knew the beating was there. Being nailed to the cross, suffering for hours. He knew that was there. He went to the cross. He loved us in an incredibly costly way. And so, because Jesus died on the cross to pay for sin, the moment you receive Jesus into your life as your Savior and as your Lord and as your heart satisfying treasure, at that moment, everything changes. All your sins are forgiven. Remember that day? Oh, happy day. Past, present, future, all your sins forgiven. His presence comes into your heart, your heart's filled, and your heart starts to be changed. You don't need to change yourself to come to Jesus. You come to Jesus as you are, and he changes you. And he does. He changes you. And then from there on in, he's lavishing gifts of grace upon you, gifts of grace upon you, gifts of grace upon you. And so what we've received here in being able to return to the Weston is an, is an undeserved gift. The picture I have is like Jesus has handed this to us. It's been handed to us with nail-pierced hands, bloody nail-pierced hands saying, here, church. And we, with trembling, we see the nail-pierced hand and we receive this gift and we say, thank you. It cost him. This and every gift we have received, are receiving, and will receive, cost him. And that's why we say thank you and all the glory goes to you. So please, let's not any of us think this is because we're special. This is because he's special. This is his glory. It's the worth of his glory that moved Jesus to go to the cross. Father, be glorified. Be glorified, Father. And so we want to glorify God this morning. Does that make sense? So it's communion. It's communion. Communion is where we remember Jesus' death on the cross. The bread is a picture of his broken body. The cup is a picture of his shed blood. So we want to remember the cross, the cross. Our sins were paid for on the cross. God's wrath was poured out on our sins on the cross. God's love is displayed on the cross. God's glory is manifested on the cross. Our salvation was purchased on the cross. We want to remember the cross. Now, so if you're trusting Jesus, this is a time for you. It doesn't mean you're sinless. It just means you're trusting Jesus. But come repentant. Come confessing. Come surrendered and partake. Now, if if you're not yet trusting Jesus, like I said, we're glad you're here. But I would encourage you not to partake of communion. That's for once you've been trusting Jesus, but take this time to reflect on who God is, who you are, why are you here, how you've sinned against God, reflect upon Jesus, and we would love to pray with you afterwards to help you come to faith in Jesus Christ, but take this as a time to reflect, not not to partake, but to reflect. We would encourage you to do that. Now, here's how this is going to happen. We're going to move into two songs and during the next two songs come up to the table and take the bread and the cup and then take it back to your seat. Don't partake yet. Just take it back to your seat and wait. After the second song I'll come up and lead us in partaking together. Let's pray. I ask Lord that you'd move upon us with great power right now. Show us your love as displayed in the cross. You delivering your own son up to the cross for us. Help us feel that love. Help us feel that cost. Help us worship. Show us Jesus, mercy, love. I pray that you move upon our hearts that we would see the cross maybe more clear than ever before this morning. We want to lay our lives at your feet afresh. We want to turn from every sin. Help us, Lord. We're going to put our trust in you. Pour out waves of love. Pour out waves of assurance of forgiveness as we partake now. So come and move with power, we pray.